I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? Rocom is back. Rocom is Hello. back. Hello. I'm here. I'm back. Thanks for having me back. Rocom, did you buy any toys this week? Uh, this week, the week before, <laughs> the week before, it's <laughs> since San Diego Comic-Con, it's been uh, a buying spree. I, d- I don't know why, because even at the show itself, I maybe picked up two or three things. You know, I was lucky enough to get that turtle set. Uh, since I did a new scooter for Hasbro, they let me in line early Thursday. So got the Boba Fett, got, um, that weird Ghostbusters Optimus they made. Um, that's one of those things where you're like, you know, you're foolish and buying it, but you're like Ghostbusters and Transformers, <laughs> please. I want that one. And I'm like, you know, you look at it, you're like, they did. Or, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll bite, you know? Um, but since then, uh, PowerCon was, I think, gosh, two weekends ago now that, Got me into a spree of just looking for random classics figures I have been missing. So I picked up Buzz Off. I got uh, Cyclone. They made this Masters of the Universe uh, variety pack of heads. It's like it's called Heads of Eternia. Oh right, yeah. And so I think they're the 2002 cartoon renditions of of some of the characters. So you could pop the head off the toys and make that cartoon version. But yesterday I was at Frankenson's, which is always the death trap for me <laughs> of getting toys. Uh, and I picked up, they just released it, but the figure arts Yoda is out. Oh. And so I picked that up $80, I think. Now, how have you been picking up a lot of these figure arts Star Wars figures? I, I have a handful of them. I'm even picky with those. Like uh, I, I, besides that, Boba Fett from San Diego. I've cleared out Black Series. They're gone from my collection now. Uh, I just got rid of all of them. Um, I think it's just some of those classic ones on cards. So, um, but even with figure arts, like I don't have the Leia yet, which I think is essential to Star Wars collecting. But still, I'm. I have Han and Chewie. I have uh, the Jedi Luke and Vader. It's almost like I'm. I'm doing these duos or pairings of like. What looks good together? Um, How does the Yoda compare to other companies' Yodas? I haven't cracked it open. Oh, I just got it. Like we were at Frankenstein's yesterday. I'm sad I can't give those notes, but that Black Series Yoda is so bad. I can tell you, it's better than that one. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's probably every That's Yoda. Power of the Force Yoda is probably better than that Yoda. I don't think it comes with a snake though. So. Oh, yeah. well, you need that. <laughs> you, well, need you can that. pull the snake from the right. Black Series one. <laughs> right, right. To make your Jake the Snake Yoda. Uh, it's funny. I almost went to Frankenstein's yesterday. Okay. I was down there and driving past. And you didn't. And I him. didn't. I was like, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't. And just kept going down that 16. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that's, a rough, uh, that's a rough thing, too, to, to pass up. Especially when I know you're, you're the one that's going to do your Walmart trek and go up and down. Uh, speaking of buying toys, I almost forgot, but I saw Kwong point to me. I picked up some toys for you guys. So I know this isn't like, I know gifts are a little weird, but whatever. No, gifts so are I'll, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with Blake. This is for you. I couldn't find it on card. Oh, that's fine. But I found a loose one. Oh, my God. So <laughs> Thank you. That's for you. Uh, uh, you we should explain what, what it is. <laughs> no, no, no. They'll figure it out from the audio. <laughs> Uh, um, this is the classic 90s Cyclops. It's from the Marvel Legends line, or is yep, it a different correct. No, one? no, it's it's the one you're missing. This is exactly what I was looking for, that I needed. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. 
Really, really awesome. it's so we can get new content on the podcast. So <laughs> right? you guys aren't talking about missing the same toys. Uh, right? <laughs> That's what we need. Now we can move on. <laughs> At this point, it's like we're hung up on exes, and everyone's like, just get on a dating app and move on. <laughs> I know, we still cool. remember the good times. We're comparing the new people to them. No, it keeps like, it real. We're dating toys now instead I mean, of people, and we're happy. That's right. They haven't left. One interesting thing about that Cyclops figure. Um, so, like you guys said, that three pack's coming out where it's kind of like a leather jacket version of Cyclops. Yeah. So, um, I picked it up at Cape and Cowl Collectibles in Fountain Valley. Great toy store for people that collect Black Series uh, Legends. They have so many of them. Um, but he was saying that so many people are trading in those Cyclopses because that new one's coming out. I don't think people realize that the leather jacket arms are sculpted on that toy. Oh, oh, I did not know that. It's not a leather jacket you can just take off of the figure. So people are trading that in, and I think when they get that new one, they're going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Like, I don't think it's a full leather jacket on a toy. I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it's sculpted arms. So that is going to be, when the, when that happens, right. yeah, you have the right ones. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Mattel's been doing a lot of those sculpted jackets. And where the some, arms are the sculpts. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I think they look a lot better than... Sure, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, and posing jacket. it, yeah, you don't... You're not trying to bend this elbow joint inside a cloth good. So, for you, Justin, uh, I got two items. Oh. So... If it's that one- DuckTales figure, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, it's even better. Oh, my God. So... It's That's the Pat first Patterson. <laughs> what? And then here's the second toy. A second Pat Patterson? <laughs> what? Like a series finale. I just wanted, all the edges. I just wanted you to be able to open one up and what? like keep one. How? How? What? What? Well, I, I know you guys talk shit on it, but the local Walmart you have here just is stocked. And I went in this morning. No, I got him at Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to keep talking shit on that Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so wow. funny because as Kwong and I left. Uh, nah, I cool. can't. E- I oh. can't even. And again, it's so we have new content <laughs> for the podcast. Now we can move on. Not wow. looking and for that toy perfect. anymore. Season two wow. has ended. And that was another thing. You can check out paint ops, you know, see which one's better. Oh, wow. Thank anyway, no, no, yeah, yeah. This I'm is quite very possibly happy to... the nicest present anyone has ever given me. <laughs> well, I was thinking about you when I was at Frankincense, and when I was there, I was like, how funny if Justin came here looking for Pat Patterson figures, and I cleared <laughs> like, out the two they had. Some guy just came in, bought them all. <laughs> you know what my favorite part was? Uh, one of the, also not not high marked up at all. Like, what's funny is, like you said, there's tons of them on eBay. People, I think people are realizing <laughs> yeah. they're sitting... My favorite was I saw uh, a post-it sticker on the figure box. It said $70. And then it said crossed out, and it's like 30 <laughs> They're like, okay, maybe we went a little high there. This is amazing. I Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, uh, it's for the love of the podcast. Yeah, I mean. I love I, listening. Yeah, like I said, I'm the only one that wants this. So, <laughs> and now like, you have two. So oh, man, good. this is so great. Amazing. Thank you again. Of course, of course. Justin, what are we going to talk about now? Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's the show. Just <laughs> end on those happy vibes, right?
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I could probably talk for an hour every week about this Pat Patterson. <laughs> I think you could. <laughs> Let's actually run it down right now. What what is something missing about that toy that you don't like, or is that the version you want? This is the version I want. Okay. So this is from one specific episode of Monday Night Raw in the late '90s. Wow, one episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe it was '98. Uh, it was a. I mean, that was peak Attitude Era. Peak Attitude yeah. Era. Yeah. Uh, Patterson was one of Vince McMahon's stooges, and uh, I think he was must have been in his '60s at that point uh-huh. already, and. He wrestled uh, Steve Austin in a handicap <laughs> match, and then they went on to win like the hardcore title, and like it was a bunch of wacky stuff. Right, right. But this was like I I wanted this version of Patterson way more than like when he was a wrestler in the seventies. Right, right. Like, then that a classic very, version. Yeah, of it, yeah, a classic version of him would be pretty boring. Right. Uh, I prefer him as an old man <laughs> on his comeback uh, in the Attitude Era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was just like a comedy character. Like, right, at right, that point, yeah. this character was just, like, for com- comedic purposes. Um, Who was his tag team partner? Uh, Gerald Briscoe. And and they were part of, like, they were part the, of the McMahon of, like, clan? Yeah, like, McMahon's evil corporation. Uh, nice. Because both of them worked uh, behind the scenes in WWE. Um, Patterson was one of the most prolific wrestling writers or bookers, producers. Um, and he is the inventor of the Royal Rumble. Whoa, that, that was probably, his idea. Yeah. Wow. But it's probably his biggest claim to fame was And so many Rumble. every every um wrestling uh show I think has a version of that. Yeah. And do they call it Royal Rumble even if it's not WWE? They can't cuz it's trademarked uh, by WWE, but Okay. But yeah. we know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh and Patterson was also the very first Intercontinental Champion. As, as it says on the t-shirt on the toy. Yeah. He won a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. It really was international. Uh, or intercontinental. It didn't, didn't happen. It was fake. They just said that <laughs> what? because it was the 70s, was there was lore. no way of like knowing <clears throat> whether or not this tournament in Rio de Janeiro right, actually right. took place. That was his They history. just said that it did. And that was that. And <laughs> so fictionally, he is. <laughs> yes, it's a fictional tournament first. that was held in Rio de Janeiro. Right. Um, Nowadays, the WWE kind of plays it up a little bit and talks about how footage of this tournament doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> it was right. lost when, <laughs> over time. It never existed <laughs> it at all. Never existed. Man, I am so touched by this. Uh, well, I'm glad. Much I'm like glad you have Pat it. Patterson allegedly touched a lot of ring boys back in his day. Huh. I'm just as touched. <laughs> uh, Learning something new about good old Pat. There's a lot. Of, Every there's a second. Lot of new information. Yep. Just this learned is, it's like owning a Michael Jackson toy. Yeah, this is... I still listen to Thriller at Halloween, though. Hey, I still know how to moonwalk. Man, speaking of pedophiles and Michael Jackson, <laughs> when I was out... This is going to go way off topic. I love that. When I was out looking for Pat Patterson last week okay. at Walmart, mm-hmm. at like 10 o'clock at night at a Walmart in Orange County, it was the Buena Park Walmart... Oh, uh, right. By the okay. Portillo's yes. there. Oh, I love Portillo. Uh, so let's talk about Portillo. <laughs> yeah, no, we could do that. Uh, for combo beef, uh, <laughs> hot and sweet peppers, sometimes dipped if you could handle a messy sandwich. That's all. I do dipped, uh, and now I'm just doing, instead of the combo, I'm just doing the regular. Oh, just the no sausage in there, just yeah. the beef. Do you get a gravy on the side? No, I get it dipped. Dipped, okay. Yeah. Okay. Dipped as well as gravy on the side, insane. 
Oh, you get it dipped and and have a side of it, and you could pour a little bit on there. Their gravy is okay. So, anyone listening, Portillo's is this iconic hot dog place from Chicago. Yep. You're from up from. Are you from? Yeah. Okay, so you're the king of of knowing about Portillo's. Oh yes. Um, There are two of them here in California as well. I thought there's only the one. There's one out in Montebello. (laughs) Of all places, really cool. Apparently, it's because. A Portillo's family member, like one moved to Buena Park and one moved to Montebello. Oh, how funny. Yeah. At least that's the Portillo's yeah. lore. I don't which know if is that's cool, true. Which is great because it's like, oh, it's in the family. Right. That's pretty rad. Um, so anyways, this hot dog place. I love that we're talking about this on a toy podcast. Um, they're known for their Italian beef sandwich as much as they're known for just hot dogs. But um, there's a combo you get where it's this sausage in this beef sandwich you can get sweeter hot peppers on it. I get both. But there's a gravy, which isn't your, like, Thanksgiving gravy. It's almost like an au jus broth type thing. Yeah. But pour it on there, and it's delicious. Um, but their broth is, like, it's so thin. When I get it on the side, I almost, I've sipped it, and it's delicious. <laughs> this sounds crazy, but I, I beg you to try it if you're a fan of the sandwich. You've sipped it. Yes, I sipped it like it was a miso soup. Okay. Oh, my God. It's Done delicious. Deal. I'm going to do it next yeah. time. Back to you were at the Walmart next oh, yeah. to Portillo's. So I was at the Walmart next to yeah. Portillo's uh, late at night looking for the Pat Patterson. Mm. And there was a child, probably no older than 10 years old, probably in the 6 to 10 range. I don't know how old children are. It's good to not know. <laughs> <laughs> and well. He was dressed head to toe in a full Michael Jackson costume. You were warped back to 1980-something. I'm talking red leather jacket. Yeah. Hat, sure the hat, wow. glove. Oh, it might be 90s. And, like, I really wanted to take a picture of this kid. Yeah. And then I realized, like, oh, that's weird, <laughs> taking a picture of a kid. Um but so we, I didn't, and right. it's lost a time now, yeah. but I wish I you had. You don't know if you hallucinated. <laughs> it's true that this wasn't an us scenario where a lot of no, these this, red jumpsuits <laughs> were going to show up. And I, 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 my immediate reaction was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Is it? Oh, God. Yeah, is this like, weird? Yeah. How, I don't, you know what? How Shame on HBO, him? by the way, for ruining any memories we have. <laughs> You know, HBO, shame on you. Uh, it was a great documentary. I don't know if it was great or gross. <laughs> both. <laughs> it can be both. It can be both. One of the things. Biggest horror movies can, so. What I kept thinking while I watched that documentary <laughs> yeah. was like, Blake, did you see it? Oh, yeah. I so, didn't need it, though. For anyone. In the 90s, he was already a bad guy. When I was growing yeah, up, it was already like, right. he's not good. <laughs> he when hangs I, babies when off I of... I discovered that people were like, I don't know if he did it. I was like, I thought we resolved this 20 years ago. One of my favorite parts of the documentary is that they use these beautiful drone shots. Of his estate for, and yeah, stuff. Of like yeah, of his estates and places like that. <laughs> and they also use drone shots of like... Apartments and offices he used to rent. Right. And off I'm the just beach imagining someone sitting at home watching this documentary and 
all of a sudden there's a shot of your apartment and it turns out, oh, Michael Jackson used to rape children here 20 years ago. Like now what's my living room <laughs> was just connecting that, evil stuff right? to everything that would around fall you. Under like when you buy a house or someone's been murdered, the real estate agent has to be like, by the by, murder. <laughs> I feel like we should also have that for they, yeah. they try to slip it in like very nonchalantly, so just like great, great view. Central Air, Michael Jackson raped children here, <laughs> two parking spaces. Again, the Would children. it increase the rate or lower the rate? We're living in a weird time. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I mean, to the right buyer. It, that's got to be like owning the Sharon Tate mansion where they're like, guys, isn't it crazy? And you're like, why do you live there? Okay. I, I had a, <laughs> <laughs> no, you go I'm going to keep veering, but I had a Please. friend that lived in... Nicole Brown Simpson's house. Really? Yeah. Oh, I swam so... in the swimming pool. Wow. When I, and it was, it was a few years after all that stuff went down. And I was like, there's for sure ghosts in this house, you know? But yeah, I, I swam in Nicole Brown's swimming pool. Portions of the Smurf Christmas special are being brought to you tonight by Mattel Toy Company, who would like to wish you a Merry Christmas from their family to yours. Now you can imagine all the power in the universe. The Masters of the Universe Collection. 23 pieces, each sold separately. There's He-Man and these heroic action figures, Skeletor and the Warriors of Evil, and four fighting creatures. Castle Grayskull, Point Dread, and the Talon Fighter. You put them together. And battle machines like the Attack Track. Batteries not included. What would you do with all the power in the universe? He-Man, Skeletor, and all other items from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. From Mattel. You went to PowerCon a couple of weeks ago. I did. I went to PowerCon two weeks ago. I went with my friend Alex. Um, we only went on Saturday. And um, there were plans for the evening. So it's like, hey, let's go right when the doors open. Um, I'd been before. It's a very small show. It's it's at a hotel. It's in a ballroom. They do have panels, but I think there's one panel room. Um, so it's just whatever schedule for the day. So we go there in the morning. The cosplay cosplay is something I loathe. I don't know whoever knows that about me, but in general, I, I think the craft of it is great. I think um, the culture of it at conventions is very strange and, yes. and problematic and like... And a lot of times it gets in the way of my enjoyment of the convention. <laughs> right, right. And you know what's interesting is though, it's definitely moved off of the floor. It's everyone's hanging out in the lobbies. They're in the backs of the conventions. Like I think it's moved away from the floor a lot. I noticed. That's fantastic. I noticed at San Diego at least. Um, but for I, years I was preaching this idea of having of its own section, having its own yeah. section, rounding Long, them all Long up, Long Beach does them in that. their own cosplay tration camp. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But all that aside, uh, I think the cosplay at PowerCon is incredible. Uh, someone that makes a full elephant head and wears yeah. uh, a tight orange jumpsuit to be Snout Spout is incredible. Um, yeah, Alex got great photos of of Skeletor filling out a form at a desk. Like, <laughs> it's just these great just snapshots. Um, <laughs> I went in with a goal to get there in the morning to get a replica of Skeletor's battle axe. Mm. Which, yeah, it's like this one-to-one scale purple axe, which I thought was so strange and amazing. Um, I believe he's called Blast Replicas online. Um, but he drove all the way out here, I think, from the Midwest um, just to come to PowerCon. And uh, so I was excited to get this thing. He, he gave a great price for it. Went in and um, he was like, um, I just asked, are you, are you here tomorrow? 
I'm like, no, I'm just here for this morning and I'm going to leave. He's like, ah, oh, um, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and so he, he made one of everything that he makes as a pre-order table and people can't go home with the items. And I was like, oh, and the, my, so I gave him the money and I was like, Hey, well, well, I'll at least I'll leave it at the table before I leave. If I could come pick it up. And so at the end of the day, I went back to his table and I'm like, Hey, so is it okay if I just, you know, take this now I'm leaving. He's like, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> he was <laughs> defeated that he wouldn't have the purple battle axe to take pre-orders for. I'm like, right. dude, why didn't you make 10 of these? You're at the only show where a big old dude like me is going to buy this. <laughs> and so, uh, he was funny, man, but I, he does great work. Like, you know, not, not talking shit on the guy at all, but I, it's, I hope next time he makes a bunch and brings them cause he'll sell all of them. They look great. Um, the show itself, there were some unveils that were great. Um, one thing about that show is it's something where I feel like you do go there and in two hours you've seen everything. And that's really like going through each table, looking at all the art and meeting different creators. Um, and I was like, who buys a two day pass to this thing? And the Sunday, the next day I'm looking on my phone, seeing people post stuff. I'm like, I kind of want to go back. So it's so funny how, and and that was the day Kevin Smith was there to announce the new cartoon for Netflix. And so that on top of it, just being a huge He-Man fan and Kevin Smith fan that I wasn't there that day where he's walking around like saying hi to everyone. Uh, so there's a little bit of FOMO there, but um, that show's getting really cool. Yeah. It, it's not even that it got bigger. It's just more curated to where what's there is really neat. Yeah, so, the I know the... It, it, the, they changed it for a few years, and they tried to involve Ninja Turtles and and Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She-Ra's still there by by association with the cartoon, but yeah, I remember that where they're like, "Oh, all things powerful." We have Martin <laughs> Luther King there, and. Uh, other power things, a nuclear power plant. I'm glad it's focused back in. <laughs> Just He-Man, yeah. Masters, yeah. I agree. So where does your love of Masters and He-Man begin? Uh, I think it's being marketed to as a child in the 80s. So <laughs> so just, just being a bitch to what whatever uh, I was thrown at. I mean, did the cartoon lead you into the line or did the line? I, I feel like the toys, it's hard to remember because I was so young at the time, you know, probably five years old or something. If that or the cartoon debuted when I was born or something maybe, you know? And, um, so I think the toys is probably the first connection and then watching the cartoon, but never knowing what's going on, you know, like no idea of that. There's have a plot. You're waiting for E-Man to throw a big rock. Um, that was my conception of the, of the whole thing. But so very much based in toys, I feel like, you know, He-Man was about, Oh, I want another one of these toys. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely rooted in that. I didn't, I wasn't lucky enough to have uh, a battle cat and a Crassle gray skull and have a lot of these things. So I maybe had, you know, 10 total figures and totally these B rate ones that were on the shelves later, you know, it's like a buzz off or, or a cyclone or, um, or the, there's so many iterations of He-Man and Skeletor, but there was this one where it was a weird, like, Gatling spinning gold thing that you snap onto his fist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was a battle attack one or the battle damage ones with the with the swap out chest piece where you mm -hmm. tap it and it breaks a little bit more. Uh, those are, are good memories of I have of that original line. But 
Um, so now that you're collecting mm-hmm. as an adult, right. are you going back and picking up the original line, or are you diving more into the collector-based lines that have been released in recent years? Yeah, much more those. Uh, the what they call as the classics line. Um, when I found those, I was like, oh, these are cool. I Yeah, there was never an itch to go back and collect vintage. I think there's something about that. I'm like, oh, these are for kids for sure. And so when they made the classics line, um, I love posability. I have a huge respect for, for sculpting and uh, how something stands on a shelf and, and whatnot. And so many of these almost work as as these uh, statues almost, you know, if you pose them right, it's like there's such a great representation of the character, the weirdness that was masters of the universe. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the classics line that started in 2008 and is just wrapping up. Right. Uh, I feel like is the gold standard for a collector's version of a vintage line. Yes. They, remade every figure that came out in the vintage line plus they made characters from the cartoon and the mini comics and stuff that never made it to the vintage mm-hmm. line they made different versions from the different cartoons they really did a great job of trying to get everything under out one there. umbrella yeah. yeah which is so amazing to have so many different representations of a line from comics from the cartoon from even the 2002 2003 cartoon they mm-hmm. made versions that would hold up where you can collect this whole universe in the same scale, same style. Um, and I think them wrapping it up with those movie characters is a perfect way to end it. Yeah. You know, which, you know, that movie as much, as much as it's a joke, I think there's something so iconic about it kind of, I feel like it marked the end of an era for that, that He-Man, um, that it's so, it's so poignant for it to be the end of the line. And I think those toys look great. Yeah. I've been waiting for that Frank Langella Skeletor forever. And so really happy to add that to collection, both the gold version and the original. And Super 7 did a fantastic job keeping this line going. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was originally for years done by Mattel, and then Super 7 picked up the license to continue the line, and they did such a great job. I, I think a better job than Mattel was doing the last couple of years. But still, the Mattel line w- was great. It um, it was interesting. the The line it was I mean, only coming through Maddie Collector, right? Yeah, it was yeah. direct. It wasn't available in I stores. I think that's why I missed it until I saw it at a convention floor. That's what happened with me. Like yeah. I, I had bought all of the Motu two thousand stuff. Okay, and and those were for anyone listening. That was like a McFarlane style sculpted toy exactly it stands in one kind of stance you, you could move the joints but it won't help right yeah and the last couple of ones that came out were just statues made by a different company right for that cartoon yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in the scale of those figures which is so confusing <laughs> right <laughs> okay. uh right. so i bought that whole line and as much as i thought the classics looked good i just didn't think i'd be picking up another he-man line sure especially with them being direct sales where you had to buy like the full wave yep the shipping was ridiculous on them because they used this company called digital river which was just oh wow third party company that charged like exorbitant shipping and handling fees and they never got the orders right it was always a nightmare so i had stayed away from them the first couple of years and then I was at the Mattel store, the corporate store. Oh, okay, yeah. And they had a bunch of them there. And seeing them in person 
it was like, oh, it's fuck. hard to say. If you already collect I can't that, pass yeah, this up. yeah, it's and hard to say no to that. Story. Without the shipping costs, you know, they were the same amount as a regular figure. Yeah. So I I picked up like six of them that day that oh, I saw them, like awesome. Trapjaw and oh, Beast that, Man and a bunch and just all of loved those it. worth over a hundred dollars now each. And next thing you know. I subscribed, <laughs> and, and then you were on from the, the side. second okay. year on. I did the subscription, and I and then that, then you just got all of them. Yeah, yeah, then I just got all of them. And it, at times, like I look at them and I go, "Man, this was nuts." Why did I like? There, there. Oh, it goes so deep. There are yeah, plenty of these that I don't know who they are. Right, I didn't right. need them, but it's a beautiful, beautiful line. Yeah, even if it's the strangest thing. I mean, you can get a character called Optic, where his whole head is an eyeball. And you don't know what this guy does, who he is, but, oh, this is a crazy sculpted eyeball guy, and I think he looks great on the shelf. And that's the tough part about the line is where every character you don't know, you're going to want it because it's that well done as just art for a toy. And they're all, I believe they were all sculpted by the Four Horsemen. I would hope so. I know they definitely kicked off the line. I don't know if they kept up with it, but I'd assume so because the line looks so tight. As, as a look across the board with all the figures. Um, a testament to Marvel, oh, not Marvel, ugh, uh, to Motu Classics um, is that Super 7 is using that body for the new Turtles, for that Conan figure they put out, for Toxic Avenger. They're really taking something that was tried and true and applying other licenses to it, which just shows you how good that that buck is, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, the buck is perfect. Um the thing that's interesting to me is, like, I feel like this classic line did such a perfect job of marrying the cartoon looks and the toy looks. And a, there, right. there hasn't been a line for any other properties that I feel like has done that. Right. Like, with the turtles coming out now, like, they all look great. Uh-huh. But, like, NECA's turtles are more cartoon accurate. Correct. Super 7's Turtles are more toy accurate. Toy accurate yes. Where what was great about the Masters Classics is they did a great job of blending all of that right. together. Where it'll represent the cartoon for you, which is interesting because Super 7 eventually did full cartoon versions where then it showed you it's like, oh, okay, here's the differences. But you're right. I mean, I never got the new filmation cartoon styles because the classics line nailed it so well to find a middle ground Mm -hmm. because the toys were done in such a tribute to barbarian and like, um, that type of fandom, you know, um, uh, Frazetta style art where, which inspired the whole line in the eighties that you can have these cool barbarian toys where when you go full filmation toys, they, they become goofy and silly like the cartoon became and so i i like kind of the heart of where the toy line started blake for you it, it you didn't grow up with any he-man stuff right no it was doing a lot of like reruns and it was around but it was never i just never it never hooked me in right. the same way it was also never like when i got home from school it was over which is like <laughs> right. when you're, so you're not kid, gonna watch it yeah right like that's how you got into stuff if i showed mm-hmm. up and it was on at the right time but it was always one of those lines, just like seeing the toys at stores and even like now looking at them where they're just so toyetic yeah. and great right. and they look fun to play with. And I think growing up, I had a few of them, but it was always that weird blend of you grow up then and you're like, like was He-Man this or is that just what I made up in my head? Because I didn't know the cartoon and everything else right. very well. Right, the lore so behind it, yeah. Right, so there was always this like, 
did I do that or is that <laughs> okay? Right, right. But it's such a historic, I think, property for animation, for lore, for pop culture, for toys mm. that it's hard not to like be in it a little bit. Right, right. It's like a major city that everyone feels like they've been to, but uh-huh. like I've never been to New York. They're like, I can figure it out. I've seen movies with it. Right, right. Like, I feel like Mattel made a massive mistake not putting this line in stores. Oh, for sure. Especially yeah. with those first couple of waves, with mm-hmm. those classic characters. I feel like just like me seeing them in the Mattel store and buying them right. at that lower price point, actually seeing them in person, the packaging was great. Yeah. I think the line would have blown up even more than it did. For sure. Getting the rifle through people, it on the yeah. shelves. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. think people like Blake would have seen them on that maybe you know didn't know anything about He-Man, would have seen these on the shelf, yep. picked up one or two. And they would have primed a whole new generation of people to know what this is right? with, you know, the new cartoon and the movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like just Mattel – I mean, I understand the mindset of like, oh, it doesn't have a cartoon now, so we can't right. get this into stores. Uh-huh. But, man, I just feel like – the adult collectors are, are too uh, voracious, I think, <laughs> where you, it won't fail. You know, I think anyone like us going into a store seeing that, you're going to look everywhere to complete your collection of that stuff. And I think even the price point, weren't they like $25 they're supposed to be when yeah. they came out? I think on sale they're 20 So you're looking at Marvel Legends prices for something that looks like a $40 figure, which now you can only get them for about $45, $50. Right. Yeah. Um, at, at their opening price. Yeah, I agree. I, that Which makes me very interested for the new line of toys coming out because I'm assuming those will be in Targets and Walmart. They will be, yeah. Yeah, which... I have been uh, extremely underwhelmed by them, by the new line. Because you're looking at the old line. You're looking at the vintage line. Yeah. Very small changes with, with uh, adult collector articulation. What's funny is they look so much like the 80s toys, I didn't realize they had articulation. And when I found out they did, it didn't wow me. I was like, yeah. I don't care. And I so mean, it all I'm looks good, but I... And I also don't know, is are those toys meant to link up with the new Netflix cartoon? I don't think so. Because I think all of this, from what I understand, is that that line is basically being made to do what I feel like this line should have done a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Is it's, they're trying to get the license back into stores to introduce a new generation right. to prime them for the cartoon and the movie. I think the cartoon kind of ended up happening. Like the movie was greenlit first. Right. And then Mattel said about their strategy of bringing the brand back. That led to this line. And then they sold the Netflix cartoon. Okay. So my hopes is that the Netflix cartoon will get a line of toys beyond what the She-Ra cartoon got. Because yeah, Super 7 made like nothing. Yeah, yeah, two strange. figures maybe. And, and there's such a world they built for that cartoon where it should be on shelves. Does that, I mean, I don't know, but does that go back to a lot of the old marketers being like, well, the girls don't buy the toys? Because I know that was like a big thing for a while. I, I So that was in the 80s. I think now, I mean, that cartoon is geared towards female viewers, right. I feel Right, and like the show is huge. And I think it's a great cartoon. I watched the yeah. first season, and um, it is, is, so the show is, yeah, it is big. Yeah. So um, you'd think it, we would be flooding. With, right, oh, right, with those toys. Um, but no, nothing. I think, I think 
Yeah, the most I think I saw two figures from That's Super wild. Seven. So it's possible that everything shifting back to Mattel, we might see that too. But I really hope, as cool as the new Netflix series sounds from Kevin Smith, I want to see toys of that for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there are toys for it. Yeah, because the style, I think they're the animation house that did the Castlevania cartoon on Netflix, they're the ones that are running the animation for this. They should just do all the animation. <laughs> <laughs> they're so good yeah, at it. Yeah, it's so good. And I, I think they will. Um, one thing I heard about the new cartoon is odd to me is Kevin Smith's like, it's picking up right where we left off, as if anyone knows where the cartoon yeah, left off. Yeah, when they said that, my first thought was, was how... Like, no one's wondering, dude. Just make something new. Was well, there a big cliffhanger at E-Man, the E-Man <laughs> was Prince Adam, and the, he had a cat, and <laughs> there was Skeletor. Right. Great, great, and, great. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was a crab man. Yep, there sure. was a man with no lower jaw. Great. <laughs> now, got to know where those guys are. Yeah. <laughs> now that this line is wrapping up, do you is there anything that you feel like they missed? Man, the the toy world for Masters is so big because it was such a booming success. It's to me it's very personal to what you collect like so the last thing I picked up was yesterday at Cape and Cow Collectibles in Fountain Valley. I went in and they had this thing called a Roton. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds like a, a cleaning device, and it kind of looks like one. It's this UFO vehicle that comes with its own figure that you can only get in that box. Um, but I'd never known what that thing was. I'd never seen it before. Um, but I got, at PowerCon, I, there was a He-Man magazine that was out in the 80s. Every magazine had a fold-out poster. And there was a booth that had these fold-out posters just like on boards, really pristine. So I found one with Roboto, which was my number one favorite character from that series. Um, he had this clear chest as a toy. You turn the waist and the gears can move inside. Yeah. Uh, really impressive for a toy back then. So I had this poster and there's all these UFOs attacking Roboto. And those are those Roton things. And I thought it was so crazy. I'm like, wow, like this little UFO painted in this poster, there's a toy of it. And so that world is so expansive. Um, did they make a Battle Bones in that line? I feel like they... I feel like they didn't. They, I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't think they did. But it seems like they that totally would have. would have been a great one, yeah. It would have been huge, like, yeah. a, a, in size. It oh, yeah. You know, it would have yeah. been such a big piece. But also, like, I feel like that wouldn't have been too hard. No, it's so, it's so empty it's and thin. It's an easy tool. Uh-huh. And you just make the bones have the clips to put the waist of the yeah. toys in, yeah. Um, so I think, I think we would have seen a lot more stuff like that if Super Seven would have been able to continue to keep going. Yeah, they and I know Super Seven wanted to keep going, but Mattel wanted to bring it all in house since there's going to be a movie. And yeah, I think they want to keep yeah. it close to the cuff, yeah. which makes sense. Um, but it's also kind of bittersweet after getting decades s- of them <laughs> uh-huh. not like having any interest in right and like, not moving anything forward. Yeah, really, the classic line came about from employees in the company wanting like, new wanting new He-Man yeah. and like pushing and pushing this line. The the execs, the higher ups at Mattel, wanted nothing to do with this. Yeah. But now that they've lost the DC license and right, they're losing right. some other licenses, uh-huh. and all of a sudden it they becomes, need new breath. Yep. Yeah. And it turns out that new breath has been there the whole time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, a very, very briefly, I was in the running to to get the the position to run the new Masters line. 
like very briefly. Uh, uh, my friend was at Mattel and he left um, and he'd been on the He-Man brand forever, for 10 years or so. And so another friend that works on the Jurassic Park line, he was like, hey man, this spot's opened up. I think you're perfect for it. So I was losing my mind because I would never want to leave my current job. Um, but that's the one thing where it's like, oh, like I would love to do that. I have so many ideas and and I immediately, without even talking to anyone, I started sketching like my versions of these characters and, um, and, but they hired internally, which makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. someone's gunning for that job. They take someone internally. But I remember how bummed out one of my friends was cause he's like, dude, they've had this line here forever and they're not, they have no direction with it. They need fresh blood with someone that loves it to give it new life. And so he was really bummed out on that. And to see them just take their eighties line and put joints in, I'm like, wow, how uninspired, you know, (laughs) if only that had been your pitch. (laughs) What if we just did the same thing, but it can move. (laughs) And, you know, I may be speaking too early because that it may be that they're like, Hey, this is just to get people's taste buds wet. The new actual new line is going to be insane. I don't think they know. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it is in limbo. I think the I think. only thing they have coming up is this line. Right. I think it's just going to depend on what happens with the cartoon and the movie. I feel like with the movie, there has to be movie toys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that may be the next push. I still don't understand why they couldn't have let Super 7 continue on. Uh, with just classic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like there's so many, so much of this spreading the IPs amongst different toy companies. Right. Why not? Like I understand wanting to bring it all in house, but at mm-hmm. the same time, where Ninja such Turtles doesn't small yeah. market, it's such like a yeah. niche market. Why not let Super? It's not going to confuse the moms and dads walking down the toy aisle. <laughs> right, or they have right, no yeah. idea this stuff right, exists. True. Just let them keep making the classics. I agree. Yeah. Um, Do you have any sort of uh, nostalgia for the old scale? And the old way that the 80s Masters figures were made, the like 5.5 scale with the limited articulation and the rubber band in the middle. (laughs) It's funny you bring that up because Super 7 has been using that in that line, that um, primal whatever line, where they did it with DC, they were doing it with the horror characters. That was was actually Funko. Funko Funko did that. because I have no nostalgia for it at all. <laughs> I, it's, I don't have any of those Funko uh, toys. I think it's funny because it's almost, it shows you how strong mashup culture is to where you could think of someone like, oh, I'm going to draw it that looks like that thing. And it's how much we take things and we're like, mash it up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you made a piece of shit. So I'm not going to buy that. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I also, I also. I have a nostalgia for it for He-Man, but I don't look for that in other toys. Yeah. You know, something like a like a six-inch uh, scale or um, the 80s G.I. Joe scale, I think those are cool and collectible, but He-Man is one of those things that created that scale and that style, and they own it. And when you do things and other things in that version, you're essentially making a bootleg toy you see at Decon, you know? That's true. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's what that turns into. So what would you have done with the line? <laughs> well, if Mattel only knew, you know. Um, <laughs> we are going to mash it up and make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of Funko Pops, guys? <laughs> so, so what I was doing when I was sketching my vision of it, it was, it was taking the cues of everything and just freshening it, you know, like 
I think my design of Ram Man, um, you know, the fact that, you know, he's pretty much this big hammer type person that just jumps and hits things with his head. I thought it'd be great to have sculpted horns be part of his metal helmet, give him more of a Viking vibe. Um, for for Merman to to kind of give thing give attitude or things that make him even more fish like and monstrous instead of goofy. Um, so it it was just like getting the personality that that character owns and kind of injecting it further. So like Trapjaw has almost like this SS military vibe to him and making him that much more like officer like and and um so those were my ideas, like just, just for three characters, but I, it would have been so much fun. That world is so crazy with, uh, with different, I mean, you know, they'll think of an animal and be like, well, make that into a, a dude. <laughs> you know? And, uh, there's so many opportunities there, but I'm excited for the cartoon. You know, let's see what, what Kevin Smith brings. Before we go, what did you bring here today? Uh, so I brought a handful of my master's classics, um, collection um i don't recognize this guy in the all black so this is interesting one thing i love about designer con power con is there's all these um there's these sculptors and and different artists that take their um you know their talents of sculpting or wherever it may be um and make new things that you can adapt with your toys so this this head sculpt here is one of the troopers uh, from the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh. Yeah, so I think I believe his name is Joe Amaro, um, or maybe Amato, but I think Amaro. He's, he's a great toy sculptor, um, but he sculpted these heads where he showed, like, if you find Standor, which is the Stan Lee um, classics toy they made, and if you give it a black um, paint job and put this head on, it looks just like those. They had these stormtrooper-type uh, kind of villains in uh, the Master Universe movie. Um, so it's a way to make that. And so now with huh. Super 7 making the actual ones, this thing's pretty cool to have. You can have Skeletor's little Stormtrooper henchman. Um, I wonder if they made that Stan Lee figure knowing you could do that with it. I, I I think the it was the closest one because this armor isn't exact to how it was in the film. I feel like one of the new Super 7 figures coming out will be more articulate to that so i may even put that head onto one of those toys right um and then this is an artist called sculptor shelf um he does insane work he does a lot of marvel legend stuff so i think people should check him out but this is the head he did for faker and it's just this incredible um i mean it, it looks like almost a shot sideshow collectibles you know version of the toy yeah that's um, really good and so he did one for he-man as well um and then this is, uh, you know, some may call it strange, but I've always, I always thought making, you know, He-Man, He-Man's white, but it would be great if he were just anything. And I think black He-Man's pretty rad. There's a guy that cosplays as He-Man with a huge Afro. He, he was at PowerCon. So this is actually, I mean, just the fact that they have, a, they, I think there's maybe two other ethnicities in He-Man. There's Jitsu which also looks super racist. Yes. Um, and then there's Clamp Champ, which I feel like was modeled after Muhammad Ali. Mm. Because if you look at the head sculpt, it's very much. But I realized if you take the classics Clamp Champ and just switch the armor pieces with He-Mans, it's just a quick way to make a black He-Man. So, so you kitbashed that black He-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just nice. taking the Clamp Champ figure and uh, He-Man figure, which is very 
expensive to get in the line in general, but yeah, you just swap out the armor and it, it's pretty perfect. Uh, I'll send you guys a photo and then yeah, people can see great. what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the latest one I got is this buzz off. Um, and then this He-Man's a kit bash one where if you take um, King of Grayskull and you use uh, one of the one of the Prince Adam heads from like a Snake Men two pack thing, you can make the two thousand cartoon version of He-Man, which which I thought was really great. Um, and another part of it, you need the um, you need the Man at Arms to get the sword because that Man at Arms came with the the two thousand series version of the Power Sword. So. Um, it just shows you the strange ways you can kind of create new things and collect in this line. Um, yep. They really made it fun to where it reminds me of the eighties where you could pop these arms off. You know, I don't think you could, you could maybe remove the heads. They were kind of squishy rubber, but I remember loving to just put random arms on top of the bucks. And so uh, it reminds me of that. One of my craziest memories about this line okay. was that I, I was really Ram man. They, they, it took him a while to make Ram Man. He wasn't in the first couple of years. That makes sense because his sculpt is so weird. Yeah. It's so different. It's spring legs. It's a completely different uh, yeah. deck. Body like it's type. All, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, basically like a deluxe figure. Mm-hmm. And I was on the fence about re-upping for another year of toys. Because how it was working back then for the classics line, yeah, okay, is you okay. had to sign up for the whole year and buy the whole right, year. Right, you're of buying stuff. your Disneyland pass for yeah, exactly. for He-Man toys, yeah. And it, it the line had gone to a point where it was starting to get pretty obscure. <laughs> they were working on a lot of animated characters that I didn't care about, but I needed that Ram Man, so I paid the I don't know how many hundred dollars to sign up for the year. Knowing that Ram Man was going to be in that year. So I live in an apartment complex. And with my complex, you have about a 50-50 chance of getting your packages. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, They oftentimes, they'll get into the apartment complex and they'll leave... The box just on the floor. On the floor. Oh my god! Okay, and gone. So I was waiting for the Ram Man. Waiting for the Ram Man. It should have shown up. Days are going by. The Ram Man's not there. I'm starting to go into an absolute (laughs) panic. I've because bought, you're already so many figures deep. Yeah. yeah, and I've bought hundreds of dollars of figures that I don't even want right. to make sure I get this Ram Man. <laughs> okay. And I, it said it was delivered. I'm calling Digital River. I'm. It's a nightmare. Right. I have a comedy show that night that I'm supposed to be preparing for, and instead <laughs> I'm focused on figuring out where my Ram Man is. Right. So there's a knock on my door. And it's the security guard for my building. And he says, hey, uh, can you come downstairs and take a look at some of this stuff? Uh, Someone had gone through the building, collected all the packages that had been delivered that day from the doorsteps of the different, different apartments, taken them down to the trash room and opened them all up to steal the stuff in the packaging. 
so they had a they had a box with my apartment number on it. Okay. So I went downstairs and they take me into the office and there's all these torn up boxes. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. And um, I go over to the table and there is a box with my unit number on it and it has been opened up and I look in the box and the Ram Man is still there. Really? The guy. Didn't touch the ram, man. <laughs> I'm sure he, like, got down to the trash room, was tearing through these packages. Right. Taking whatever electronics, whatever, like, my other neighbors ordered. Got to this box and right. was like, a fucking toy. <laughs> right. And just literally threw it on the ground and did not bother to steal it. Not knowing that he could have sold For so thing. much money. Yeah. That, that, that figure to this day, especially in package... Upwards of 150 at least. So, it so pa- you paid for the <laughs> the line, paid for the toy for sure. Like, yep. Yeah. So that's my Ram Man story. I'd like to think that that thief was had a little bit of heart to where he's like, I'm not going to take a little kid's toy. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he either had empathy yeah, like, for oh, a child. No. He's but like, if you're going to have the empathy for the child, <laughs> right? you'd think you'd bring the box back. Or do to that room, yeah, right. Go beyond. They were probably in a frenzy, right? You know, I imagine yeah. this person taping scissors to their hands, and just shredding boxes. Yeah, I was gonna say like bad heist. Also, you're gonna go to the same location's garbage and just rip boxes open <laughs> and see what you got. Like it's a bootleg Christmas. Did they find the person? No, no. Of course, no. they just found it. The remains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, they. Uh, started in the stairwell. They found a bunch of discarded packages <laughs> in the in the stairwell, right? And then followed, followed it to the, the trash tra- room where <laughs> there were more discarded packages. Boxes, right. Did anybody else have their stuff left behind, or was yours no. the only? <laughs> he stole- Mine was, yeah. Oh, he that's stole the best. Literally part. everything else, but Ram, but Man. Ram Man, awesome. Wow. I wonder what everybody else ordered because people buy dumb stuff on Amazon. What I love is that. You were so stressed on it and like of everyone's stuff, like you said, Blake, like all the things people ordered, Ram Man survived. That's pretty amazing. That's the power of Grayskull. <laughs> That's wild. Open the jar, Rick. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh yeah, Dad, watch Ram Man's power. I'll get us inside, He Man. Ram Man, He Man, and Castle Grayskull each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. Well, this was great, man. Thanks for stopping by again. Well, thank you for having me on. And thank you for the presents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, Pat Patterson down, Cyclops I'm down. Done with that. Uh, what do you have coming up? Um... I'm working on some new toys. Uh, I'm actually working with uh, artist Alex Pardee. Um, we haven't announced anything yet just because we're still sculpting the toy, but I'm hoping for an announcement soon. I, I got uh, first sculpture photos today, um, so look out for that. Uh, I'm also working on a character called the Gil King, so it's my follow-up to Death Jaguar, which I'm hoping in a Masters Universe style that I'll be creating these characters that kind of work together on the shelf um, they fit in this universe of monsters together. So it's like a, a creature of the Black Lagoon, water-based kind of shape of water 
attitude to it. So I've been working on that as well. Um, but I'm assuming you guys are going to be a decon. Yes, I will have a table at Decon um, next to the Yesterday's Enamel Pins booth, and uh, M1 Toys will be there as well. They're um, they're one of the best toy creators for Godzilla toys, um, so they'll be there as well. Um, yeah, I think that's the next toy show. I will have a special Death Jaguar coming out at Monster Palooza, Son of Monster Palooza, and that's in Burbank. So uh, I'll have it's a Twilight Zone version, so it's kind of this grayscale. Um, if Death Jaguar existed on a black and white television show, what it'd look like. Amazing. So it, it looks beautiful. Um, I have I only have 10 of them, so if anyone's interested, you can find that at the Yesterday's um, booth at Son of Monster Palooza. And how can people get a hold of you? Uh, Instagram, Rocom, R-O-C-O-M. Twitter, R-O-C-O-M. I've, I've really been loving Twitter lately, so I'm pretty active on there. And uh, if you want to buy a toy, RocomToys.com. And Blake, how can people get a hold <clears throat> of us? Well, they can follow us on Twitter at How Do You Figure PC or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash How Do You Figure, Instagram at How Do You Figure Podcast, and they can, of course, leave us a five star review on iTunes, which is and, now uh, defunct, so it's just Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now. Uh, Are you guys on Stitcher yet? That's what everyone I keeps asking. It's the only reason I brought it up. <laughs> We gotta have something to keep talking about on the show. Gotta get on Stitcher. What's funny is we also need a website. (laughs) We 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 really need to get our shit together on a lot of levels. I mean, you know.